BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Thanks for downloading this episode of Spin the Rally Pod, which, of course, at time of recording, is the very latest episode, which, by my calculations, I make 53 days into coronavirus lockdown here in the UK. I'm rally fan and radio journalist Lisa O'Sullivan, but the experts are former team boss George Donaldson, Dirtfish senior writer David Evans and the voice of rally himself, Colin Clark. So, yeah, the usual gang is all here. And Colin, you sent out the agenda for today's discussions and there are a lot of really interesting talking points on this now. Shall we start? The discussion we've been having is what would constitute a championship in a COVID-19 lockdown era? And I understand that we've kind of got a better idea in some people's mind of what might constitute a a WRC season. Yeah, listen, I I was very fortunate to get uh, about half an hour of Oliver Seasler's time earlier on in the week. Now, Oliver Seasler, for those of you who don't know, he is the joint managing director of the WRC promoter. So, you know, in terms of they can't decide, the promoter can't decide on what makes a WRC season, what constitutes a season, what validates a season. But clearly, in discussions with the FIA, they can have a look at that situation. Now, what Seasler confirmed to me was that they were working towards a, a minimum of seven rounds. He didn't absolutely confirm that. He said you'd have to ask the FIA, but that's what he's working to. So, uh, yeah, they're working to a minimum of seven rounds, which means, least we've got to find four more rounds before the end of the season. Now, you know, you might think, well, that's not too difficult. There are eight or nine rounds with postponed, not cancelled events, potentially, that we could pick from. But I don't know, David, I'm, I'm looking through the calendar and I'm thinking we might struggle to get four rounds before the end of the year. I'm thinking we're probably going to go to Turkey. Good chance we'll go to Germany. Outside of those two, there are big question marks over every event. I I think, Colin, there's got to be big question marks over over every event. You know, Turkey, How you know, this is my issue with all of this right now, is that how can anybody, you know, give any kind of confirmation or or anything? Because we simply don't know. We don't know if Turkey's going to have a spike or or the neighbouring country, and then they close the borders. And it's impossible to know. But equally, you're right. You know, the further we look back, I think we can count New Zealand out. There's potential for Finland moving back into September. Um, And then, you know, we're down to GB. Could GB run? Who knows? Uh, the, The state that we're in right now. Germany, Turkey, Japan. Another one, you know, will people be willing to, to make a long haul trip? I, talking to other people in the service park, the feeling right now is that we absolutely hang in the balance. It's 50-50 if we get those seven rallies um, this year. And there are voices out there that are calling to say, let's just, you know, stop it now. Um, and there is, there's an awful lot of sense in that because 
it would stop, not that I'm advocating such a move, but it would stop all this pontification. All this, You know, the safari question mark has gone on for weeks, if not months. Um, and we've now got a decision um, that it is, it, it's cancelled. I know they're not saying cancelled, but it, it's cancelled this year. It is back on the on the agenda for next year. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, the 2020 safari rally has been cancelled. Um, um, so... I, it's, well, I was going to what I was going to ask George on on this side of things is from a financial point of view, where we're talking about how the economies everywhere are struggling, about everybody's trying to stay in business. Wouldn't a, a clear cut decision on this financially help teams plan or prepare or you know effectively stay in business? I mean, I, I guess it. I guess it would. Uh, Lisa, certainty is always better than uncertainty. But um, what about the investment teams have made this year? I mean, I think uh, the key thing that I'm looking around in the world is that everybody really needs to get restarted in order to survive. Mothballing a business for for a further uh, seven months is is a tough shout for, for everyone. Maybe that's what the world will demand of us, in which case, you know, too bad, that's what we've got. But if we can restart earlier, I would, I would think that nearly every team... Um, would or certainly every business would generally say yes, please. I want to get restarted. I want my business running again. Uh, you don't want the world to run away in front of you. You don't want to be necessarily at the vanguard of it, subjecting yourself, your your employees, your your colleagues, your teammates to to any further risk. It's just a question of, uh, you know, I mean, has COVID nineteen overnight turned into some form of you know, disease that's fatal for 99.9% of the population rather than the other way around. Now, that's, that's a tough one. Um, we know that flus can mutate, and I suspect that is what a lot of the reluctance is from, I would suggest, about 50% of the population. People are waiting to see what this, this dashed thing does. It's a, a hell of a problem. Some countries are go- going ahead and opening and some are not. Business-wise, yeah. I think, honestly speaking, business-wise, we need to get back out there. So I would advocate going for the four rounds this year if we could. I, I could I just say uh, I was actually typing when I was talking to you the last bit. So <laughs> we're I, loving the authenticity. I, I, I've been slightly distracted, and I'm just thinking back, thinking, did I actually say that uh, it might be good not to have any more rallies this year? If I did, did. I would like to revisit that and say that would be a catastrophe. We need Jolly rallies good. this year. <laughs> and, <laughs> that's that's and, exactly and, the opposite of what you said, David. Well done. <laughs> it is. And, and it what, is. what absolutely brings it to, you know, I, I'm, I'm sort of partly joking there. You know, I can see that ending the championship and saying enough, it gives you a fresh start next year. There's, there's definitely thinking behind that. But I've spoken to so many of the private teams in the service park and they exactly like you, George, exactly like you say, they are desperate they're on the brink of of going into bankruptcy because they've got no income you know they're still spending on rent on you know on 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 staff members on parts on all of this and they're getting no income yep. um and and these teams we will lose teams if we don't get rallies this no. year David, um, i totally agree that that's absolutely bang on and you if we can rally we have to rally and the yeah. only reason for calling really the whole thing off for the rest of the year is if we are serious about sitting down and re-looking at the whole thing, the whole thing, you know, the, the regulations, the way we run rallies, and we give ourselves the time 
to prepare for a completely changed environment that we're going to reemerge into. My feeling is that's not going to happen. You know, uh, certainly again, when I talked to Ciesler last week, he was adamant that we, we, A, we don't have time to relook at the regulations. I found a little odd because they were only agreed a month or so ago, but fair enough, maybe we don't have enough time. But B, he didn't think it was the right thing to do. And my understanding is also that the FIA are perhaps reluctant to relook at the, nego- the, the regulations. So if that's the case, there's absolutely no point in calling it off. We have to, you know, hold, you know, stick in there and hold out uh, the hope that, that we are going to get a number of rallies. I, I genuinely am not certain we'll get four before the end of the year. But if we get three, we have to take those three. We do, and I know that George, you feel particularly strongly about this, and you're. We touched on this last last time, and you're exactly right because you know each of the three, eight of the three, each each of the drivers would have approached the three rallies we've had so far, driving for a championship, doing everything they can to win those rallies to garner as many points as possible. So you know, ultimately, why don't we declare potentially declare Sebastian Ogier a champion after three rounds? You know, there's an argument for that as well, isn't there? There, there absolutely is. I mean, as I said, I think two events make a championship. Three certainly yeah. do. But look, let's get as many in as we can. Let There's no need to put any definitive number on it. We, we, we started a championship. Everyone approached it in the same way. And yes, you know, you can have a disastrous Monte Carlo and then you can have a brilliant back end of the year. Well, it's a little bit shorter than expected, but nobody had a crystal ball. Nobody had planned for it. And certainly nobody, nobody threw Monte Carlo away deliberately. So it's part of the series, honestly. You know, and I think, I mean, look, all three team um, uh, principles are very, very uh, mature, very understanding of that. And they would all accept it. And, and the drivers will accept it too. Ultimately, but, they'll have no choice. But George, um, I, I, I think that we do have to have... A- a number of rallies. We, we have to have, you know, when we do resume, there has to be a goal. We can't just say, well, if we only have one more, we declare that Colin, a championship. Colin, I would agree with you 100% in a normal circumstance. It's definitely because it's it's part of the, the strategy. You would overall, you would strategize. You would say, well, we're nowhere a little bit weak in Monte. We're a little bit weak in maybe Sweden, but we're brilliant in Mexico. We're brilliant in, 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 uh, in Turkey. So, you know, we'll throw the resources focus on those events to get the wins that's part of the strategy strategy's gone out the window this year it's yeah. a circumstance that affects us all and it's, it's outside all of our control yeah. honestly yeah. i think you're just going to have to take this championship like tommy mackinnon would tommy mackinnon or colin mccray would drive an event drive to win everything you know that's it that, that's what Good this God. year's championship's got to be there's your strategy for the year now okay but to, to agree to that well if, if we are to get that kind of scenario which which i, I think you're right i i you know We've had a lot invested in, in what's been a very difficult year. The drivers, the teams, the sponsors, the promoters have invested a lot in it and we, we need to have a champion. But everyone has to agree to that. Everyone has to agree that, A, if we get no more rallies, Ogier is champion. If we get one, two, three, four, five more rallies, well, it doesn't matter how many we get, whoever is leading the, uh, you know, whoever's at the top of the list at the end of the year, whether it's four, five, six rallies, then they are the champion. We, we need to get agreement from everyone before we recommence the season, I guess, for that. I don't know. See, the problem you've got with that, agree. I was going to say, and the problem you have with that is if Sebastian Ogier is leading and there's no chance of your driver winning the Drivers' Championship, you might choose not to compete and save money for next next time. I mean, if it's effectively a done deal because there's only going to be one more event or two more events and you can't affect the final outcome, 
there may be teams that are thinking, well, well what's the point? Because he's already won but, the title. But then we have to go to a situation that George says is impossible where we define the number of rounds. So now, right now, we say six rounds, seven rounds make a championship. And if we fall short of that, we don't have a champion. So you, you can't have it both ways. We, we have to either have basically unilateral uh, or multilateral agreement in the service park uh, about the fact that however many rounds we get forms a championship or you need to get agreement on a defined number of rounds. You, you can't do it think, both ways. I think you'll find there's probably something already in the FIA regulations. Um, it seems to be. No, well, this, about this the number was, of events. This was going to be my, my question, George, to you, is that there is nothing in the sporting regs to say that as, this is this is the number of um, rallies that we need to constitute uh, a championship. You, you, have, you have to go into the sporting code, not not the not the WRC but, regs. But the, um, so so it's, but when I'm, I, I'm talking about the the, the FIA sporting code. So when I down, asked when I asked Matt on about this, uh-huh. Eve Matt on the FIA rally director, he couldn't tell me because he said okay. there isn't there isn't anything written down because obviously. We've never ever foreseen a circumstance where we are going to lose potentially yeah. a whole season. You know, we had the oil crisis, sure, sure, um, which came and and went. But is that is that a failing in terms of the government governing body, or or is it, or is it? Is there really nothing in there in terms of uh, well, you the, know the worst case scenario is, of terms of war, or you know, no, well, no, I, there's nothing, there's nothing like that in it. But there there are provisions for. The cancellation of events, there, yes. uh, and, and it's basically force majeure. Uh, and I think you'll find that, that tucked away in there, in some of the wording, there's there's a statute that FIA can pick up and 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 campaign on and say that's it, that's our decision, and it's in the regs, it's in the sporting mm. code, not in the FIA championship regs, uh, but in the in the sporting in the sporting code. I think you'll find. Uh, I, I recall reading something about cancelled events and the number of events and points can reduce etc like this there are a few caveats in there but you know that I've not I've got the sporting code downloaded on my my laptop my laptop isn't next to me right now so I can't open it up yeah. but um, um, and I normally look at look at the, the, the FIA regulations when I'm being paid to. I don't look at it for interest. I'm not that boring, honestly. <laughs> you can find the right paragraph and point David Evans oh, towards it and he can put it on the I website used, and dopefish.com. I, I, I yeah. used to have to carry the books around all the time, Lisa. I had my sporting code, my championship regulations, my WRC regulations, and then you go to all the sub-regulations, then all the technical regulations, and then the homologation regulations. I had about seven books. And you know what? If you can cross-reference the right things, you can work wonders in the steward's room perfectly legitimately <laughs> as well. <laughs> but, but David, David, it, you know, it doesn't matter whether there is a regulation there or not because the FIA have given themselves quite sweeping powers, haven't they? You know, whereas we used to have to go through a whole process of committees and recommendations to amend the regulations. Uh, they've rightly given themselves the, the powers to enact emergency regulations so you know they will decide between the promoter between the teams between the FIA they'll decide on what constitutes a season in terms of minimum rounds and they will communicate that to us at some point I guess exactly and and you know these you know the emergency powers whatever they're pretty similar to you know the process will be similar to to world WRC commission that all of the stakeholders will sit down and, and debate this but at the minute it's very difficult to know what we're debating isn't it because do we do we include Finland in a championship? New Zealand? We just don't know. Um, so I think you know you're 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 both right 
and we just have to essentially play the ball as it lies and take what we're given and, and crack on. Um, yep. There's not an awful lot. You know, we could sit and talk more about this, um, but we ain't going to get very far, are we? Because we don't know unless somebody knows nope. more than the rest of the world. I'm no, bored well, the the, the, only, steer, the only steer we've got is is the interview, which you'll hear. Uh, you'll certainly read about before you hear this podcast. You might even hear or see the interview. The interview with Caesar where he says seven. So that's what we're mm. going on just now. And I think that's that's as much and, information as uh, as good, solid information as we've got, and that we can go on. And that's 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 exactly the number that when I asked Steve Matt on and said, what is the FIA policy on what constitutes a championship? He said, we don't have anything. My personal feeling is we need seven. Uh, and then talking to all of the teams, the feeling from them was, you know, you look at WRC2, WRC3, JWRC, they tend to, they can make a championship from seven. They do make a championship from seven rounds. Therefore, there is, um, there is precedent within the FAA to, to award a World Rally Championship title off the back of seven. So, and well, there things, is, you know, five or things, six. Sorry, things are changing, David. Uh, we, we, you know, we are um, kind of getting closer to coming out of lockdown and whatever's happening with the coronavirus. You know, we are seeing countries taking steps to actually get back into some kind of normality. But what kind of post-COVID-19 landscape are we going to emerge into? We have seen some countries uh, or some um, blueprints being put forward for how rallying could work once we escape the lockdown. Yeah, it, we are coming into a, you know, a completely changed landscape. And, and again, all you know we saw that that paper come out of of australia um and their return to race document there's very little kind of firm detail on exactly how it can work because you know rallying is fundamentally different to circuit racing because there are two people in the car so you know how do we socially distance um two people in in one car uh you know if you look at our, our current government advice uh you roll the windows down and crack on so <laughs> I, I, you know, that again, that's a very, very difficult question, a very difficult debate, I think. Yeah, it's one that needs to be had, though, and had pretty quickly, David, because there's not a government, I don't think, anywhere in the world that's going to let a rally go ahead right now or in the foreseeable future without a proper plan, a proper plan about not only how they manage the participants in the event and the, uh, you know, the, the, the surrounding circus, so the mechanics, the service park, the the media, uh, the marshals, all of those people, they need managing. But perhaps more pertinently, you know, it's, it's the spectators. It's how, we, it's how we manage the spectator issue. And, um, and I think that's going to be perhaps the biggest challenge. And it's where maybe we need to have a little bit more, not joined up thinking as such, but, but you know, thinking that takes on best practices from various places around the world. You know, again, when I talked to the WRC promoter last week, you know, there was talk about how they might try and uh, try and discourage fans from going to certain stages, how they might perhaps close the roads off around certain stages a bit earlier. You know, all these things, I suppose, are practical, uh, but are they going to be enough? And, and the only way that we're going to find that out, David, is if we get the opportunity to, to sit down, try some of them out and uh, see what's acceptable and what's not, George. 
Yeah, Colin, I have to say, I mean, I kind of agree with everything that's been said so far. And David, it'd be much better if you told us what the team's suggestion on a on a on a championship would have been before we had that massive long eighteen minute debate. <laughs> however, however, Colin, I believe look, there are some incredibly dynamic rally teams out there. And I mean rally organizer teams out there. Uh I cannot believe for a minute that the New Zealand organizers are not making a plan that would allow them to run the event. I'm absolutely sure Rally GB, Rally Deutschland, all these events are all making plans to 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 try and find a way to 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 explain to to all their their regional um, governments how they can run the event and and remember remember nearly all these rallies are supported in some way by the regional governments the regional governments want these events coming so they'll get great access and and we might be well we might well well be at the vanguard of it all regarding REC nearly six months away no what is it four months away five months away. Um, quite frankly, if we're still in lockdown or still have significant restrictions to the way we can move around and do business in six months' time, nobody's going to have any money to leave their house. But George, you know? there's a massive dilemma here. There's a massive dilemma. It's why we have to have a look at, at this, this, this joined-up thinking about you know how we, how we a put a rally on logistically speaking, and b how we make them work commercially because. You know, you talk about Rally GB, and, and yeah, I'm sure they'll get all the help they can. I think you'll Rally find G- that George actually spoke about the RAC, but uh, yeah, we can fast right. forward another 20 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rally GB, and you look at Rally Finland, and here's the dilemma, and it's a massive dilemma that they've got. Yes, they have to obviously do their best to show that they are COVID safe and that they are COVID responsible, but they've also got to sell as many tickets as they possibly can because both GB and Finland and many other rallies rely on spectator ticket sale income to balance the books at the end of the day. Mm. It is a massive, massive dilemma. And one that right now, you know, the question about how how you solve that dilemma is not obvious. And it doesn't matter how good these teams are. The answer to that is very, very unclear. And therefore, if you extrapolate from that, George, you know, the actual running of these events is unclear and uncertain. Has yep. to be. You know, can I, I, to- can I, I just I, say I totally as well, understand it, but it's I, above I was, my pay grade, to be honest, the whole I thing. I was thinking how naive as well to suggest that, you know, you will be able to go out and close the roads earlier and that will stop fans going to, to the end of stages. If fans want to go and see the end of a stage, they will get there. Uh, the stories yes, I have yes, heard I tell over the yes. years of people saying, well, I got there a day early or I, you know, I, I took a hiking path that took me over the mountain to get there so that I could be in position yeah. before anyone else. Uh, it, the, the reality of the sport is that the fans know how yeah. to get where they want to be and, and love it. And it's it's trying to embrace them in the plan for their own safety. I mean, the fact is that you can go and watch a rally stage and you will be nice and socially distanced. But the fact is that you have also perhaps travelled to an area that people don't want tourists from outside coming into. I, I think right now, Lise, as we speak, the first spectators are arriving in Dublin, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> they're just pitching their tents. <laughs> and they're, they're ready. <laughs> uh, rally, rally Australia ran a very successful uh, quarantine program around the stages up at Mundaring in just just above uh, Perth in Western Australia um, and nobody was allowed in that area except the rally cars and the marshals and the safety crews and everything was quarantined on the way in because of a, 
was it uh, Jarrah dieback bug that was affecting the trees? How many people um, live but, in that area, though? Well, I was just going to say the, the population there is is not massive, is it? Uh, but the rally fans were huge. It was a massive turnout of rally fans in, in certain stages. So I wouldn't. Oh, okay, it's not the thousands that we're going to get in Europe. I'm just saying yeah, but, you can George, do it. You know, and, yeah, and Colin, I, I, we don't see people on stop lines anymore. People are quarantined away from stop lines. They you are, don't see it. They are. And, and and it's only on it's only on certain rallies that have slackness that allow spectators into that area because it, in in theory, according to all the safety plans and and the requirements, there should be no public in between the flying finish. And, yeah. and the, but after yeah, the exit we're not, control we're not, we're not for the stop about, line. We're not worried about one particular part of the stage. We're worried about, you know, 22 kilometres of yeah. El Condor. With what what we're worried about, we're, yeah, but, we're worried about that. We're worried about George, people standing shoulder to shoulder. Shoulder to shoulder. But George, yeah. you know, you, you talk about Rally Australia and Western Australia and the fact that, the, yes, they could quarantine uh, mm. certain areas. Um, you know, again, if we're, what we're talking about here is a blueprint for the future. Uh, yeah. And a blue, blueprint for the future could be that we take rallying, if we want it to continue in the, in, in the near future, we take it to places that are less accessible. We, we have to find a way of financing the events that are not reliant on ticket sales. You know, mm. If we want a rally to happen, we have to take it to places where, with some degree of certainty, we can guarantee that our plan to keep crowds away will work. So maybe, maybe places like Western Australia, the Scottish Islands, and all the rest are, are, are places that you've got to think about going forward. As I say, all these things, I think, just need, need to be discussed. I think not, you know, some of them are completely impractical, but they need to be discussed. I'm sure they are, David. But absolutely. And, you know, you, you mentioned there the potential for, for different format rallies. We've talked, we all have heard the suggestion of two-day rallies. All, to us, absolutely, you know, perfectly sellable solutions. But go and talk to to Kai Tarkin in Finland or, or Ian Campbell in GB, they cannot run a two-day event. Simply, nope. there is not a ticket revenue there to make it happen. So, you know, we can have all of these ideas. Perhaps a two-day event could work in Japan where there's a lot of government investment. Um, but, you know, one size will not fit all with all of this. But yeah. what we what we have to be looking at and what I'm absolutely sure um, all of the stakeholders are looking at is the potential for cramming events in, trying to do back-to-back events, maybe trying to do two events in, in one location. Uh, you know, you look at what Formula One's doing, um, and, okay, I think potentially they're ahead of where, they're, where they really should be in terms of global health and all of that. Um, but, you know, they, they're trying to run these two Grand Prix in Austria and two in, in Britain, back-to-back weekends maybe we have to look at some sort of solution like that. Um, I don't know. There's not, while there are significant um, financial concerns and um, implications in the World Rally Championship, I'm not sure we're at the same level as Formula One. Um, But we have to look at everything. Yeah, we do. We do have to look at everything. But but David, those those are solutions for this season. I I think we've moved on a wee bit from that discussion on to how, how we look at, you know, a... Post-COVID, you know, how do we plan for 2021? How do we plan for, uh, you know, for rallies? How, how the rallies uh, put forward plans that, that perhaps will be accepted by local authorities, by national governments, and by sporting authorities uh, in 2021? Because, you know, we're still going to be, a lot of us, I, I would suggest the majority of us are going to be living under some forms of restrictions for another year, 18 months, maybe two years, who knows? So we, we need to be thinking that far ahead. Yeah, there's the immediate concern 
about how we complete the season this year. But more than that, there is the concern about how we come up with this blueprint for not us. It's not up to us. It's just up to us to offer opinion on what we hear. Um, Are but, you serious, uh, Colt? Are you, uh, did you just say two years? I, 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 two I years think, genuinely I think that hadn't that, even come to my radar. I, I, I genuinely well, here, no. here's the thing. I, I don't think I don't think we will be getting. Let's talk about music festivals. I don't think we'll be getting a Glastonbury for at least two years in the UK. At least I, I can't see a situation where, for example, the Cheltenham Festival, a hundred and odd thousand people crammed into whatever it was, you know, half a square mile of turf. I can't see that happening. I, they will restrict the number of people that are allowed into those those areas for, I think, certainly a year, maybe. I'm not saying definitely two well, years. I know no more than anyone. If, if, you, if you look but, at the history of, of these types of viruses, um, they, they ebb and, 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 and wane, and, you know, they, 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 they disappear. They actually disappear. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and they have, they have a habit of popping up. back a little bit. Sometimes it pops back horribly, mutated, which I guess is the reason why we're still locked down now is that certain people are saying, look, this, this, uh, this, this virus could mutate into something much, much, much worse. And you only have to go back exactly 100 years to have one that was much, much, much worse. And, and then you would have nobody yeah. being, being brave and going outside thinking it won't affect me because actually it, it affected a horrible amount of people. Oh, there's a dog. <laughs> Sorry for that in the background. <laughs> uh, David, you have talking. to leave us. You, you have a very important call. Are you okay, David, to stay with us for five more minutes? Because we had one more thing we want to discuss. Yeah, go on. Go... No, carry on. Yeah, because... I, I, yeah, listen, you know, the, the, the whole COVID thing will clearly run and run and we will continue to offer our opinions, I'm, I'm sure, over the coming months. Uh, but, David, a, a lot of talk will be a little parochial here. I know we've got a worldwide audience, but we'll be a little parochial here and talk about Wales Rally GB because, as we know, as it stands, this is the last year of the Welsh Government sponsorship. A lot of talk about potentially Wales Rally GB becoming, uh, well whatever it might be, Northern Ireland Rally GB, I guess. Tarmac lanes around Northern Ireland. It's been floated around for a while, David, that thought. It's, it's had some degree of prominence, and then it's dropped down again. But it seems to have come back this week. The talk about Northern Ireland perhaps being the host for, Whale, or for Rally GB next year. Uh, what do you make of that? Do you think that we should be putting a lot of um, store into that discussion? I've got to say you've clearly seen more than I've seen. Colt, uh, I haven't picked this one up for a couple of I'm weeks. I'm so glad you said that because I've, I've been scatting around trying to find yeah. out more information yeah. on this. Well, listen, well, I'll, well, let me inform you then about, well, let me just just, just uh, let you know what I've been reading. It It did go very quiet. Uh, there, was, there was talk that clearly, you know, there was government backing and all the rest, and then it went very quiet. Um, I suspect now that, as we've discussed quite a bit already, you know, budgets will be tight next year. It does look, a senior member of the Northern Ireland Assembly, I think it is, the... Uh, has come out and said he is very much in favour of uh, a round of the World Rally Championship coming to Northern Ireland. He this is he this can. is the Ian Paisley thing, isn't it? No, no, it's not Ian Paisley that said that. It's someone else that has said that, which I okay, think is so, why they're getting excited again. So, who knows? Who knows? The last mm. I heard uh, was that it, it was difficult um, to, yeah. to get the cash together in time for next year. Uh, and the most likely... Um, scenario was that we would be remaining in Wales for another year uh-huh. I, I I haven't spoken to anybody in Northern Ireland for a while um, because it, it seemed to have gone cold uh, it, you know my the last 
intel I got out of there was that, yeah, it was now looking quite doubtful uh, and more difficult. Um, and we were potentially looking at an, an extension uh, with Wales. So I will go away, do my homework, Colin, and come back yeah. to you. But David, you, you're quite right. You know, what we, what we have to be wary of here is that, you know, the media agenda can be driven by a certain point of view, can't it? Mm. And, and there's clearly, uh, there's, there's a group um, who really would love to see Rally GB go to Northern Ireland. For, for me, the bigger question is, you know, it's such a massive, massive cultural change in terms of rally culture to go from, you know, one of the most established gravel rallies, the most respected gravel rallies in the world, to a tarmac rally. Yeah, but I think, you know, you've got to, we've got to keep this in context as well, Colin, in that it's not a long-term deal for Ireland. It's not like a rotation of three years here, three years here. It's a single deal. It's a single season of running, just exactly like Rally New Zealand has a single-year deal. That's what Northern Ireland would have. In many ways, it would buy um, Motorsport UK some time to go and do a deal somewhere else. Uh, it, it could work brilliantly, but my understanding is there is no, there isn't, sub, there isn't enough funding for a rolling three-year deal. Um, so, yeah, and it, that was post-lockdown. I'm guessing that that's that's kind of what I was told a couple of weeks, three weeks ago, um, and I can't imagine that's going to change. Uh, so it's it's not. You know, there will be a not a large number of people who would have serious concerns about Rally GB being on tarmac. You know, at the moment, we have to cut our cloth uh, and understand that potentially there's not enough funding for the event in Wales. If there's money in Northern Ireland, let's go there. Let's go there for a year. Um, and let's give Motorsport UK time to do a deal somewhere else. There are other geographical regions in the UK that are really genuinely showing a lot of interest in the in the event. So let's talk to them. Let's see what's possible. But... I think, personally, I thoroughly enjoyed the last, what is it, are we up to now, 222 years in Wales, or how long has it been? We've been in there for quite a long time. Um, It's been fabulous, you know, it's been absolutely great, but for me, it would be amazing to see us go back uh, to the north of England, to the Scottish borders, to go further into Scotland, it would be be wonderful, Uh, and the event has so much to offer. Um, as does Belfast and Northern Ireland, you know, that some of the greatest rallying that the world will ever see takes place in, in that part of the world. So, you know, we shouldn't be dismissive just because it's not, um, a traditional format for the event. Not that I was yeah. suggesting you were dismissive there, Cole. No, no, no. I, I was just putting the question out there. I, I, I don't have any problems with it because but, like you, I enjoyed massively rally Ireland in, uh, where were we based? Were we in Sligo one year? Um, yeah. You know, it was it was a fantastic event, and as you rightly say, a wonderful, wonderful uh, rally community out there. So, no, I'm sure it'd be great. Yeah. I just wonder but actually, how well it would be received. That that was my question. I've just got to say, you've disappointed me, and I thought if we were going to talk about Irish rallying this week, as much as I would always want to talk about Irish rallying, the one thing we should talk about is the uh, the video from Michael Fazbender on <laughs> Dirtfish.com with with the brilliant Barry Goodman co-driving for him. Uh, and Barry's story about how the whole thing nearly didn't happen, uh, which is a fascinating tale. And if you haven't read it and seen it yet, then head straight to Dirtfish immediately. Love it. I'm on my way. <laughs> I'm on my way as well. At least we're on our way. Have, I think I might have to go as well. <laughs> as well, the pretenders said, con- we're all on our way. Proclaimers. Proclaimers. Sorry, did I say pretenders? I meant the proclaimers, didn't I? 
<laughs> Sorry, fail. Colin. It's all right, mate. <laughs> I'm used to it. <laughs> We're on our way to happiness from happiness. Oh, I can't remember the lyrics. Sorry. Uh-huh, Good. Uh-huh, I'm glad uh-huh. you don't. That one. Yeah. yeah. So, well, that's us cracked through the list. I kind of feel that something's not right because we're under time, but maybe we keep this one nice and short. Yeah, well, it's a fairly it's a fairly tight subject, isn't it? And uh, uh, I've run, I've run out of interest, to be honest. <laughs> I just want I just want to get rallying again. Enough of this talk about delays and change. Just get me back out there, please. <laughs> this is the point, isn't it? You know, we've we you know we all do our research. We all and I am so fed up with talking about postponements cancellations what can yeah. we do when can it run it's just dull let's just you know somehow time travel through the next few months and get back to in controls and the side of the road at stages sound yes. of an engine being started in that lovely sweet smell of the fuel yeah yes exactly. please yes yep. please mm-hmm. yeah oh, nostalgic mm-hmm. smell brake dust yeah. yes all those things all those things yes please well, we, we can't get back to rallying, but dirtfish.com is perhaps the best place to go in the interim because, as you've been hearing, David Evans, Colin Clark and the rest of the team have been putting up lots of pretty pictures, videos. We've got um, McLean's Daily Diecast oh, is superb. Just utterly brilliant as well. So yeah. you can put it on a big screen and sit really close and pretend you're living in the past, maybe. That's one way of getting your rally kicks. But that's it for this edition of Spin the Rally Pod. If you want to get in touch, it's at Dirtfish Rally. Ping us over your thoughts or perhaps some suggestions for questions that you can ask of any of these experts. The voice of rally, Colin Clark, senior writer for Dirtfish.com, David Evans, or former team boss, George Donaldson. And I also urge you to tune in and relive the Safari Rally of 1996. Was it, George? Was it 98? 98. 98. 98 yes. uh, and also GB98, two fantastic podcasts as well that will be both up on the site probably by the time you listen to this. But for now, lads, it's been a joy listening to you and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks, Lise. Thank you. Cheers, Lisa. Thank you. Kind of a bit confused that we've finished on time. <laughs>